What's up guys? Quick disclaimer, the first eight minutes or so of my audio is quite distorted, probably due to the storm that was going on and my connection was not where it needed to be. I will be upgrading that soon and also getting a better mic stand because my boom stick I had beforehand broke on me, get a better mic stand so the dynamic range of me moving around doesn't fade in and out. And I want to thank you guys for listening and here goes another episode from the Co-op Champions. Everybody. This is a this is a, another episode of Go Op Champions where we do a semi actual play where we go week by week, try to go week by week, and discuss what we have done together as our playthrough throughout the um, throughout certain games. And the current game that we're working on at the moment is Baldur's Gate 3, BG3. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's been a crazy, crazy week. We're running late on another episode. Our recording episode, or our, our recording date got pushed back because we had a personal hangout session that kind of got interrupted by a tropical storm turn hurricane. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's power outages and stuff that kind of like pushed us back and then just uh, D&D on Sunday. Here we are. Recording fresh on Monday. Well, not, not fresh. It's currently late, but <laughs> we do this for you, dear listener. Yeah, yeah for you. So appreciate so, you, man. Hard work. Love you. <laughs> uh, we do appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I am Ryan, um, one of your awesome hosts, and then I'm here with my other host. I am Carefree with the K, don't forget it. Or you can just call me Keon if you want to be cordial and formal like that. But yeah, you can just call me Carefree or Free for short. Yep. So how you been? How you been this week, man? Uh, so far, you know, so good. You know, I work with kids. I kind of feel a head cold trying to get to me, but mm. I've been taking my vitamins and doing what I need to do. Make sure I uh, get some extra rest tonight, and I should be ready to ready to go. Yeah, them school time germs. Luckily, uh, my daughter hasn't brought anything home yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knock on wood. You know, flu seasons are coming. Uh, they say you know, COVID still. Covid's still around, lurking around the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we are—we've actually slowed down on playing Baldur's Gate a little bit. I guess subconsciously, we're trying to catch up a little bit to to our podcast, or let the podcast kind of catch up a little bit, because we were getting to a point where we were getting so far separated that it was—it was starting to get a little hard to um, remember everything, but. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good too. Uh, been, I picked up Jujutsu Kaisen, started reading that. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It's so I told, great. Bro, I told you, don't. Do it. uh, it's Wait. so great, man. I, hey, hey, I'm, I should have asked, what about you? I'm being over here. Face <laughs> out. But, uh, so uh, I told you, 
But if Man. you tapped into Jujutsu Kaisen, it's over for One Piece. <laughs> I tried to <laughs> tell him, take. Bro. That's all I take. Look, I no, look, I read some One Piece last night just to just to keep. I, I'm really enjoying the Alabasta arc. It's just I just so happened to consume nine chapters of <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen today. I know, I know what Ryan likes. So we're here to my One Piece, which he's enjoying. But he's still early. He ain't in it, the potatoes yet. It took me forever. Took he me loves forever Leech. To... Yeah, I do love Leech. Took me forever yeah. to enjoy One Piece. But uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, man, soon, dude, soon as, what's what's that guy's name? Uh, Gojo? No, not Gojo. Gojo, he, he hasn't shown off any type of power yet. As soon as gojo showed up i was like oh yeah that dude's dope but what what really pulled me in immediately because i was kind of like iffy on it um for mm-hmm. like the i think it was chapter two when when what's that guy's name Megu me megimi don't give me the line uh it's the black haired guy uh-huh. oh um, yeah, yeah yeah black haired student he's the one that runs into Yuji, Yuji, I think that's Yuji. his name. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that runs into Yuji. Yuji, crazy by the way, eating that, eating that damn finger. Do, that's all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, man, as soon as he summoned them dogs, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is for me right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, we've only seen really his power. They introduced um. That girl, and then you know, Yuji's having a him and you, Yuji and the black haired guy are having a face down right now. So I'm on chapter nine of that. But, uh, yeah, one thing y'all will learn about me is I'm horrible with names unless yeah. I continuously watch it or hear it. I'm horrible, kind of makes this uh podcast hard because we're yes. both kind of bad with names, yeah, gotta. Make proper notes, but yeah, this is a uh, this is a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast now. Welcome, <laughs> favorite uh, Jujutsu sorcerers here. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat. I'm enjoying it. I will probably catch up with all 290 ish. I think it's 90, so there might be Man, 70. Now I'm gonna have to chapters. read it because you're gonna catch up and pass me because I'm anime only right now. But now oh, I've been. I would have to start uh, reading it because I know some crazy stuff that go down. And I really want to get to. I've been. It's definitely one of those manga that I'm like I kind of want to watch too. Like One Piece is cool, but I I don't really care to watch it. The um, but man, Jujutsu Kaisen seems like something that would be a good watch. It is, man. Beautiful animation, crazy fight scenes. People getting them hands, like oh yeah. A lot of times, I love using this the clips from it in our D and D games because we always jumping people. But I think in D and D, most time people get jumped. But yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty fun, you know. But uh, but that's not the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So yeah. We are actually a, oh well, for the time being, a Baldur's Gate 3 podcast, so 
Jujutsu Kaisen aside and One Piece aside, uh, let's let's get into the meat and potatoes. Where we mm-hmm. last left off, we ended Act One. Um, we started that episode with the Death Shepherds, and we ended them with Death Shepherds. And um, now we're here to talk about us traversing into the mountains. We had a hard choice. Either go to the Underdark or the mountains, and uh, I was kind of wanting to check out the mountains before we went to the Underdark, so that's that's where we ended up going. Um, and before we get into Act Two, there was this whole ordeal with with uh, this guy named Elmester. Mm-hmm. And he gives us the news that he has been. Apparently, he's a very, very powerful wizard, one of the best in all of the world, or whatnot. And he was sent by what's her name, Minthar? What's no? That's not a name. Mistra. Mistra. Minthar. That's the drug girl. Uh, Mistra to basically help Gale with his uh. Forgot the damn black hole in his chest that's about to blow everything up and needs magically to consume. Uh, I know because Gail's backstory, he was trying to impress her and some type of dark magic. But Elmeister comes through and he quells the flame and basically gives Gail control of the bomb in his chest and says that his mission is to basically find the heart of the absolute and blow it up. Basically Mm -hmm. sacrifice himself to save us all. Yeah, the whole encounter with that old man was a little aggravating, like because he just kept pushing, kept pushing and pushing, and not wanting to, not wanting to actually tell Gail what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, Hesitating. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he kept trying to get food and stuff out of it too, and it was just like, dude, just spit it out. <laughs> but you know. An, a naming like as a storyteller, right? And Larian is the storyteller of this game. They shouldn't name their their people so closely. You've got Minthara, Maestra, Melvar. What's what is Will's uh sorcerer uh, patron's name? Oh like man, Minvara or something like that. Yeah, it's like that's too that's too many, <laughs> too many. Yeah. This is, this is a fantasy world, too. People just be throwing names out there. Anyway. <clears throat> and now, I mean, I guess that's that's the deal with Gale. He's all upset about that. And, uh, you know, he's got, a, he's got a lot to think about with that and, and process some feelings that we'll probably get into later. It <laughs> <laughs> did rise off. I remember Ryan first discovered that Gale's portrait was different. He said... <laughs> He's like, what's wrong with Gail's portrait? Why he all in, in the dark? I was like, that man contemplates some dark times. Yeah, his his little character portrait is darker than everybody else's. He's off in the shadows, shadow. brooding, mm-hmm. being an edge lord. The the whole camp's full of edge lords, man. Definitely, it's Asterian, Liana, Shadowheart. Uh oh, Shadowheart's for sure. She's queen edge lord. Yeah, like <laughs> it doesn't get any edgy in his shadow heart. That's Beto, but 
She, she on the edge. But yeah, and then uh, and basically we go into to part two. We go towards the the shadows. Yep. To the land of shadow curse, and everything leads to Moonrise Tower. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate Three. The path to Moonrise. Yeah, man, that Shadow Curse is not a not something to play with, bro. That that thing is crazy. Like when right. you first go out there, it's just like obviously there's shadows everywhere. Like it's just like this this smoky black fog that's that's kind of covering the area, and you have to have a torch or or some bad things start happening to you. Mm-hmm. Game switch uh, instantly to turn-based mode. Oh yeah, yeah. Switch is instantly a turn-based mode. That's how you know something gets real for the game. It's like, okay, you guys need to take your time mm-hmm. and think this through. Uh, just like if you trigger a trap, it will do the same thing. You know, um, you ha- you uh, haven't gotten that far in JoJo's. Well, you probably heard. Uh, yeah, you've heard the time stop sound. It kind of, uh, when you go to the turn-based mode, that kind of reminds me of JoJo's now. <laughs> now. Now I will never be able to unhear it. Oh, another Which, thing uh, uh, you'll never be able to unsee, if you ever look at the sneak attack icon, it looks like somebody trying to put a seatbelt on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I got to go. Look at it, man. Attack icon BG3. Why is my caps lock on? Mm. Yep. Oh, yeah, I see, it. I see it. <laughs> I, I see it. <laughs> you would never be there and see it. Shout out to wow. Reddit, man. Yeah, Reddit will show you some stuff. Be careful, Reddit, ladies and gentlemen, and MBs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, <clears throat> the Shadow Curse isn't anything to play with. Nothing to play around with. Um, you need a torch because otherwise I don't remember what exactly happens to you. Do you remember? I just um, remember it being bad. I think you um you start taking damage periodically. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I guess it kind of reminds me of like the Blight spell from actual D&D. That's kind of how I envision it. I feel like the Shadow Curse it starts to Wear at your mind and your body, and uh, mm-hmm. just take away slowly drains away your vitality. Yeah, in uh, in D and D lore, the shadow curse mutates and twists your body into this like monstrous thing. It warps your mind until you're like you're crazy, you yeah. know. So, yeah. essentially, that's what they're trying to get at with the game, and they do a pretty good job. It's definitely something you don't want to be caught in without a a torch, right. and um, that is something we sh- at least I struggled with trying to because I only had one torch, and I, I gave it to um my companion at the time, Will, and uh, but yeah, we walked through. We ended up coming across um this. What was he? A uh, uh, goblin and a hyena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll let you. Uh, Liana, Keon's character, uh, handled that interaction. So I'll let you take it. Oh uh, yeah. So we was just making our way downtown, down this shadow curse path, and 
to our left, we can see some fire and a campfire brewing and a little, little talking and whatnot. So as we approach, there's a gobble, a goblin there, and he's talking to a hyena. And he decides to playfully throw a bone out into the shadow curse so that the uh, the so the shadow curse can basically kill the hyena. Basically manipulating the hyena to go out there with bones so the shadow curse can kill it for his own amusement. So what Leona did for her own amusement well, she told him to go get that bone that he just threw. Um, I think I just wrote an intimidation or or I wrote something. And I was just like, he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, go do it. And um, yeah, Liana made that man run out to the shadow curse, just like he made that hyena for her own amusement. It's something about the food chain and the hierarchy of power that Liana just had to showcase that <laughs> to mm. to her. That gobble is nothing but a, a hyena, expendable. Yeah, cause she's going down a little, little turn. She been, yeah. We'll get to all of that other stuff she been up to, but yeah, it's been fun, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. We actually in our, um, in our kind of like exploration around this place, we actually did come across uh, that hyena and that goblin again um mm-hmm. they were dead obviously but uh i just thought it was just a neat little neat little detail they didn't have to throw in there but the fact that you do come across their body again is just pretty cool right around an ambush where i'm just mm-hmm. like oh so perhaps yeah. that's what took him out there are a lot of ambushes in this area too Ooh, yes sir i i can think of three off the top of my head yeah, there's the those shadow vines. Um, those what were things those? that can uh, constrict you mm-hmm. and teleport you around? There's some then, shadows in a place too, weren't there? Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Around that little um fountain thing, it was a bunch of shadows that popped out. Yeah, I just thought of another one. Yeah, it's a couple of yeah. Yeah, keep you on your. Uh, what were those? What were those things where it was a lot of them? They kind of almost killed us. Um, they were like mm-hmm. little. I want to say yeah. they're not yeah, kobolds. Those, those were the things I was talking about that that constrain you and teleport you around. I yeah. forgot what kind of creatures they're called, but because they constantly do damage over time as they have you constricted, because you're suffocating basically, and um. You got to get a further, a certain amount of distance away from them in order for the condition to be null and void. But, mm-hmm. and it separates the party. And some people, mm-hmm. I think Leona did go down. Yeah, but Shadowheart um, Shadow was going crazy. Will went down. Like, it got to a point where Helena was teleported so far away it dropped her out of our initial oh yeah yeah uh what were those things i gotta use those in a, in our campaign i'm gonna be suffocating people <laughs> they were pretty neat um yeah. but yeah you go walking through the the shadow curse after a while you'll come across um you'll come across the tieflings that if you end up rescuing them and um, getting them to move out of the Druid Grove, um, they ended up here, unfortunately. And uh, they are staying at a place called the Last Light Inn, 
which is a um it's just like a small little area that's that's a building and like a stable and uh basically it's all being protected by this woman this uh cleric of saluna uh isabel yeah yeah i forgot She's... something about Go that ahead. encounter um we start talking to those people and i think it's uh it's another goblin and i believe it is ah oh, what are those what are those creatures I forgot. They they roll with the gobbles all the time. They kind of beastly. The bugbears. Bugbears, yeah. And it was a bugbear there as well. And uh, we talked to them, but Helena was like, it's on sight. And we killed him. And, and this is once, around this time, I started dibbling and dabbling in third level spells. And so I was cast to animate dead on the bugbear's corpse. And that caused the Interesting interaction with the people at last slide in. Nothing too crazy, but it was a small detail of people walking around with their blades out asking, this thing shouldn't be here. And they were very disturbed, which... I vaguely remember that, but I remember Helena had walked away from you guys and was just walking around. I was just walking around the um the last slide in, so I wasn't with you while this was going on. Yeah, they, was, they were not happy. I had to dismiss it. Yes. That's pretty funny. I didn't but, realize that's what you had done, that you had, had animated a body. Yeah. Pretty, pretty gross. And then I found out you can only have one at a time because I was trying to uh, get a skeleton and a zombie. But It makes sense. They do that in Divinity, too, where you can only you can only have one conjuring out at a time. Yeah, that's you. I know in this game, maybe... Well, actually, I don't know how they do necromancy in BG3. Maybe it is just a hard cap of one. I feel like there's something you can do to get uh, get multiple, like two, but I haven't. Probably. Um, Might be a feed or something. Or a feed or an item, but I haven't. Um, yeah. It was a video I watched a long time ago. Grasping at straws here. But I believe you can do it. But just don't ask me how. So yeah, you got this. You got this whole this whole area called the Last Light Inn. It's being protected by a uh, by a cleric of Saluna, um, named Isabel. We'll get to Isabel in a little bit, but uh, you know this is a neat little area. There is a blacksmith that, if you have Carlac with you, will be of some use. Um, if you go over there, he's sitting in the the stables. He's working on stuff in there. There's also that strange cow, um, that that you know isn't a cow, and it knows that you know, but it keeps up the facade of of being a cow. Oh yeah, the um, strange ox. Yeah. yeah, the strange ox. That's it. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in seeing what comes of that, but uh, <clears throat> you talk to Damon with Carlac and stuff, and he'll. He'll basically tell you, you know, he'll fix her, her engine up and um, tell you he needs some more infernal metal to really be able to get her to touch people and cool her down. So, mm-hmm. But hold on. Let's rewind the clock. When we first got there, <laughs> Jahara was like... Uh... She didn't. How, how did that interaction go? They tried to stop us. 
and Jahar had Leana in those vines. And uh, I was, Leana was talking to her, trying to get free. And I remember she said some cool stuff about warlocks and stuff. And I was trying to talk my way out of it without telling them about the artifact. They bring the parasite over and they say, you know, they always recognize their own. How aren't you, you know, your true soul and all that in the third. I had to eventually mm. show Jahar the artifact for her to believe me. And then before we went and talked to her, we floored last light in and just walked around. Which if you yeah, think yeah. about it, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, she's like, come talk to me. We're like, yeah, in a minute. But that was just I, a, a first I didn't interaction. Really, I don't remember. I don't remember any of that. You remember That's that interaction wild. with Jahar? Nah, nah, I don't remember her first interaction with like that. That's maybe wild. you maybe you were too far behind. I yeah, it might have been. Talk. But yeah, she had I'm... me in those vines and pulled a parasite to my head and it started tweaking out. And uh yeah. And then I think the artifact blew it up in the uh in the jar or something to showcase that we were cool peoples, you know. Yeah, I had to have stepped away and done something with Helena. Do you I remember the uh the part with the drink when you talk to her? I do I do remember when you go into the last light and you talk to her. I remember that part where she's yeah. basically telling you about killing what's his name? Because I, yeah, because I remember Jahara was still kind of like shaky on it, but since we saved the Tieflings or the Tieflings, um, Mo comes up and she says, oh, these are guys that save our lives and this, 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 and Jahara goes, oh, it was you. And that kind of gives yeah. you a little little cool. extra clout. Now, if you, on alternative, if the Tieflings had perished at the Grove, um, what's that guy's name? Because eventually you have to, you have to be in combat with him eventually with the wings. What's his name? Anyway, with, with the wings. Yeah. That you have to protect oh, Marcus. Marcus. If you already destroy the Tieflings or the Tieflings, Marcus will come and vouch for you. Really? And, uh, and he'll communicate with you through your true soul parasite and he'll vouch for you in order for Jahar to trust you enough to let you in. I don't remember the, exactly the lie, but he, he'll come in and interject and help you out. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Because with our playthrough, we didn't see him until, well, basically a glitch had happened. Um, <laughs> but we didn't see him until right before uh, that stuff goes down. But, you know, before we get to that, we're walking around. We're running into some familiar faces. Roland is in the back, back there. He's drinking. He's upset. Um, his siblings had got taken while they were, while they were moving through the, uh, through the mountains. Um, what was the, what is their, their leader's name? Zevlar. Zevlar, that's it. Okay. Uh... Yeah, it turns out Zevlar, they said, um, froze up and ran off into the Shadow Curse, and he's missing. And um, then, you know, they all got attacked, and Roland's siblings got taken. A bunch of a bunch of the Typhons ended up getting taken. Um, oh, it, what happened was, I, you know, because Roland and his siblings uh, held off the cultists, <clears throat> excuse me, held off the cultists long enough for the other Typhlings to run. 
And then in the chaos, Roland got away, but his other two siblings got drug away. So, you know, earlier in the game, when you talked to them in the Grove, I wonder if you let them go and not convince them to stay. I wonder what happens. How many mm. typhons make it versus if that's you true. with them there and with them gone. So that that's something I had to uh, experiment with. But yeah, they, they came in clutch and really helped their, helped their people. Like, yeah, and he's uh, he's not happy to see you either. Once you go talk to him, he's pretty pissed and and in his feelings. Like he's very jealous of of you know your main character energy that you're bringing to this game. Yeah, and, uh, and basically he's like, no, I don't want your help, and piss off. And you know, I mean, you hate to see it. And then the the Typhoon kids are like, yeah, we want to cheer him up and stuff, and. And they don't know how to do it. They wanted to bring him some sort of grimoire that would give him powers, but they were too intimidated to do it. Um, while I'm talking to the kids, and I know what this is, they're pickpocketing my uh, my my girl, mm. you know. But I have that that fail in perception, so I kept getting like little little things, and it was going, you know, when it tells you that you're having like a, a passive role for you, it pops up in the corner. It was going too fast for me to be able to to read it, but I'm pretty sure they pickpocketed me. And if you talk to one of the Typhons that's talking about, uh, it's one of the kid Typhons that's talking about, you know, they want to be able to to give Roland this book, and you can convince them that you should have the book. I did that. They gave me the book, but it wasn't in my inventory. So I wonder if that was just a glitch that happened or if the kids ended up taking it <laughs> oh because they, they'll do that they'll pickpocket you a head cannon you got it and they they pickpocketed it off yeah that's that's what i'm i'm gonna assume that happened i don't want to say that it was a glitch even though this game has its issues yeah but you talk you talk to him um there is also uh the bard the bard girl what's her name alfria yeah 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 so alfria is also there um if you recall it was a couple episodes back uh liana ended up helping her write a finish writing a song um to help her get over one of her fallen friends essentially her uh, mentor Oh, her mentor. Yeah. So there's a there's a nice little interaction you you get with her. Um, now the thing about it is we were kind of just in our discovery of this place. We moseyed on upstairs, ran into Isabel. Before we get into what all that stuff that happens with her. She is a character that I'm very disappointed is not an option to become a companion because I would have had her as a companion in a heartbeat. <laughs> she would have been because it would have been Helena and Isabel and Liana and Shadowheart and they would have had like this nice duality about them. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Liana... Kind of leans on the darker side of things with her tadpoles and her animating the dead and 
and just like kind of the twisted choices Liana be making sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Shadowheart's whole deal, which he, the amount of lore that you learn about Shadowheart in this area is pretty neat. You can tell they, they invested a lot of a lot of time. So yeah, we uh we were looking around in the last light and and we were uh we ended up coming across um Isabel up there and she's chilling outside doing her little ritual. You get to see her her do that. Uh she has her own little cut scene. Now while this happens, the whole time Keon's like, Who's that over there floating? I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing this person. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it's just it's just uh it's just Isabel. And then um the game also glitches out around this time and there's two wheels where w- one of them was supposed to be Le- uh Liana and but instead it had skinned her as Will. So I've got two wheels standing in the doorway behind <laughs> Helena and Shadowheart hanging out in the background. And uh, the whole time Ken's like, "Dude, there's somebody floating right there." And I'm like, "Well, maybe maybe it's your uh you can see him because of your your eyeball or something. Maybe he's invisible. But no, it just turns out it's a glitch because I said, man, he is right there. He got wings and everything. That's that like... man. Man, I should have recorded, man. I said, man, who is that man? It was funny. <laughs> but yeah, we just uh We got we well acquainted know. with him. Oh yeah, we got well acquainted with him a few times. Um but yeah, we go in this cutscene. Isabel talks to us about, you know, oh, you guys are here because of uh, what is it that she says? She says, um, hmm. I know her and uh, Shadowheart have a little oh. tension because of Saluna and Char, two sisters. Yeah. Yeah, she basically, she's like, you guys must be here because you want the blessing. And then you talk to her a little bit about how she protects that place. And then um, then Marcus comes in. He's got, he's got like wings or whatever. Comes in and he's basically there to take Isabel. And well, we can't let her leave. She'll, if she leaves, then the, the last light end is doomed. So, yeah, you know. He's like, well, if I can't have her, I'm a killer ass. So then it turns into this whole combat. You got to protect her. You got to fight. Uh, you got to fight Marcus. Then he brings in like these devils or something, and um, winged horrors. Yeah, yeah, winged horrors, and you have to fight them too. This combat up up to this point has probably been our most challenging combat, and I think partly was because we were under leveled. Very much so. But if you let her get killed, mm. this the it goes into this whole cutscene. It shows Marcus walking out with her dead body. Okay, and they didn't kill her. Okay, okay, but she's she's no longer concentrating on the on the shield spell that that protects this place. He, he's walking out with her unconscious body, and you see the protection aura that she has on this place dissolve. The shadow curse, the shadow curse immediately affects everybody. Shadow curse was correct. Shadow, shadow curse. 
Yeah, I thought oh, yeah. you missed you said Channel Hearst. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to say Channel But that was that was what happened because man, every single person went crazy in there and attacked us. It was a brawl. Yeah. Um it was so many people that we were just we were just overwhelmed by numbers. We could not do it. And mm-hmm. uh I don't remember if we died or we just reloaded our save. We died. But, yeah, we that died. That, that last moment of Shadow Heart in that in, in last light in running from those last two and she was like brawling. She killed one and then she was trying to run up the steps and I was like, if she could just dodge just one attack one more time, because she had dodged like five, six attacks in a row. I said, if she could just survive one more turn, I can kill this person and then go upstairs and maybe I could figure something out, but her. She she ran out of luck, ran out of power. Lady Shaw turned her back on her. Yeah, and we we ended up reloading after we died. We reloaded. We tried it again, failed. Tried it again, failed. Tried it again. We got closer that time, failed. Um, so we were like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go talk to every. Let's go talk to some more people, and see what we can do see if there's any other missions because this is just not working we keep dying we keep causing all these people to get affected by the shadow curse so you see me i'm hard hit around so let's just say awesome. we can do it we can do it <laughs> i mean and we could leaving, have but leaving and coming back saved a lot of uh frustration. yeah um so yeah that way we ended up talking to uh, a few more people. Um, Liana got us a mission where we got added into a caravan. Yeah, to go and uh, ambush a caravan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even it wasn't even really a caravan. It was just one person. Basically, we we get this whole group, this whole party of Harpers, and we we. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, I remember. Basically, we get this whole party of Harpers and we go into the Shadow Curse because we are looking for a Drider, basically. Now, uh, he's carrying a lantern. No, yeah, that was the main uh well see, I don't think they knew what they was gonna run up on. I remember that you didn't have the conversation with them. The conversation yeah. they was basically like, We have to find out how they're moving through the shadow curse so effortlessly. So it's like mm-hmm. we know they're coming up right through this area and we're going to ambush them. And that was the the mission the Harpies gave us and the intel that we basically rolled out on. We end up rolling up on a drider. Um, and they've got this lantern that's protecting them from the Shadow Curse. And we start the initiative, right? And it's a bunch of us jumping this, this drider. And uh, it was going, it was a smooth... Uh, it was a smooth combat. We weren't having too many issues. We were kind of just chilling. Uh, Liana summons, showcases a brand new spell. Summons a um, ball of, what is it? A, a, flame a and sphere. sphere. Of, yeah, flame and sphere. Right? It wasn't Liana. It was Shadowheart. Shadowheart? Okay. Uh-huh. Well, you, you summon this thing, right? And it, it was helping. It was doing the area of effect damage that we needed on on this drider to help us out because the drider has sanctuary mm-hmm. and that gave me gave me some appreciation for that spell 
I didn't realize mm-hmm. the utility behind it until until that that point. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man, we kill the drider, and immediately after we kill the drider, things go south. Quickly. So quickly. Apparently, even out of initiative, the flaming sphere. I mean, it happened almost instantly. Like there was probably four or five seconds where there was peace and then the flaming spear let off an area of effect attack which made all the harpies hostile mm-hmm. yep and yeah. you know helena was trying to go in with the non-lethal combat mm-hmm. and hit him but leona and Shadowheart, they were at first at first leona tried to run actually is I remember she jumped off the rooftop, took that fall damage, and somebody came and chased her and still attacked her or whatnot. And so she came back in. This whole time, Shadowheart up there on the roof, messing people up. Uh Leanna coming up, she's shooting magic missiles and putting paws on people. She's shooting magic missiles, putting paws on people. Uh Helen over there handling her business. She's knocking people out. You know, it's smooth. Leona had that bloodlust. <laughs> yeah, she did. I didn't want Helena to to kill any of the Harpers. Um, they, you know, one, I didn't, my biggest worry was we would kill these people and then we would go back to the camp and the camp would be hostile to us. Um, but Helena, I think she knocked about, knocked out about two or three and then you had killed most of them. And then so... We were like standing. We were staring at the the three Harpers that were knocked out on the ground, and you're like, "What? Well, what do we do with these guys?" And I was like, "Well, Helena and Will are gonna go walk down here. What Leana does while Helena's <laughs> not there is on Leana, because you know I'm I'm a paladin. I'm a fighter paladin at this point. Um, and so I'm trying to stick to my codes, which is. Apparently a lot harder, <laughs> a lot harder than than you think. But uh, Helena, she she rummages through the drider's body, finds the um, the little bell that the fairy gives you, or the fairy basically talks to you about it. And um, I remember we're contemplating and discussing whether or not we should take this fairy with us or like release her, right? And uh, I remember a dialogue option said it was an oath of devotion. And basically it was to release the fairy. And I was like, well, duty calls. And I remember you going, uh-oh. Oh, man. Like, like yeah, we thought we were going to lose this fairy. But, you know, it worked out. We released her. And then she gave us a little a little bell thing that allowed us to freely walk around in the Shattered Curse without having to have a torch. Which was helpful useful well i'm having an extended deja vu this whole uh episode has felt like we already talked about all this stuff oh really that's crazy tripping me out yeah what if i said monkey nuts it was close (laughs) (laughs) that was close but yeah uh yeah Messed them people up. 
right. Yeah, and Leana, yeah, she she finished those people off real quick. Real quick. And I was nervous when he clicked that oath of devotion. I was like, oh my God. Here goes Superman doing the right thing. We gotta get through this. But you know, the good path led to the good good result and we were able to get that blessing to freely walk around the darkest parts of the shadow curse. Because even Isabel said with her blessing, it won't protect you from some of the darkest parts. But with that fairy, the pixie's blessing, Mm -hmm. we could walk around like it was at one again. We had no problem. None at all. So, yeah. At this point, uh, I think we we headed back to the last light in because I remember we talked to um, the counselor Floric. Mm-hmm. Um, she told us some stuff about the Duke. Um, he's still, he's still missing. He's still being taken. Mm-hmm. And um, she's talking about, she's going to head back to Baldur's Gate. And there's this guy that's unconscious in the bed that they found in the shadow curse. Um, and he's kind of just mumbling Mumbling different things. Yeah. Uh Liana does uh one of us does uh investigation. I think it was you. Uh yeah, I think Liana did an investigation check and perhaps it was with her bar thing, or maybe it was just perception. But either way, she find, figured out based off his hands that he was a musician. And so that was a little lead we had, which later on, you know, played a big part in that quest. Um, I forgot what they said they found him near, or maybe they never classified exactly where they found him at. But yeah, I don't recall. But yeah, that led us on a interesting and very graphic adventure. Mm-hmm. Because you gotta go, you gotta go through some stuff to get his. Because essentially, you have to go find a loot for him. Um, mm-hmm. his loot. And, uh, yeah, man, turn on it, but we gotta take the things that happened in between that, uh, got pretty wild, very much so. So, we go back into the shadow curse because we're like, we gotta explore around, look around, and stuff. And, um, we come across this what is it? It's like a was it it wasn't the healing house was it or it was the healing house but it was the outside of the healing house because if you go further into the healing house that's where you run into malice oh uh, what what did we run into um because those creatures that suffocate you near that boathouse that was on our way to the uh that was on our way to where that that gold thorn was where the greedy one so we go back to the last light in and while there we run up across Raphael playing with Mo a game of chess I believe I don't know yeah, maybe I think, I think it was chess yeah chess and Helena decides to bump the table to give Mo an advantage because Helena is not really fucking with the devil Raphael because I wish she's a paladin and Raphael is sneaky, evil, and conniving and deceiving and any other adjective you could think of. Um, But he claims 
he's on our side and he speaks in riddles a lot like Loki, I guess. Um, and so you kind of can infer that there, Raphael kind of gloats that he's making a deal with her and, and whatnot. So Helena goes over to talk to Mo and try and basically talk some sense to talk some sense into her and tell her to leave this devil alone. It's not good for you. They're telling you tricks. They're misleading you. There's always some type of a uh, backdoor, some type of uh what's the word? When people use a tricky monkey's paw. Yeah, basically some type of monkey's paw condition in the background that you're unaware of consequently. And um but yeah, Mo's not hearing it. She goes, you know, I'm trying to help my people and he said I could be the leader of uh the Thieves Guild. And yeah, so she was just like, Whatever, cool. And Helena was like, Well damn and walked away because Mo was pretty pretty uh steadfast on her ideals and I mean it's admirable she's willing to basically tell herself or her people but that's not the way to go about it Mo mm-hmm. but nope, and, then, and, and yeah in that encounter when all the things happened with um, Malcolm and Isabel Mo Marcus. does it, Marcus not Malcolm Marcus and all of that Mo does get taken by a winged whore and gets taken away Yep, but uh, even though we did the the dryer thing, we did not go back to try to talk to Isabel yet because we know what that triggers. So at this point, she is still walking around. Did uh, at what point does Raphael tell us about um, an associate of his being taken and stored in the moonrise? Hmm. Did he tell us that? Yeah, because uh, when we come across, when we come across Will's patron, they're like, "Oh, so this is who he wanted us to retrieve." It was just a trick, so she would be able to sink her claws into Will further. Nah, further. it was, it was actually uh, a manifestation of herself. I believe that told Will to come save her. Because uh, the only time I remember seeing Raphael was outside the Shark Temple and when he was playing chess with Mo. Okay. I could have sworn they had said uh, this was Raphael's associate. Uh, Raphael's associate was that person we we had to take care of in, um, in Shark's Temple. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we go back into the Shadow Curse and we decide to kind of just explore and see what we can do, try to get some level ups. Um, we ended up coming across this place called the Wraithwind Toll House. Um, I remember walking in there and there's just random gold on the ground, like throughout the place. So Helena's just walking around picking up this gold. And then something happens where we trigger a cutscene, and it's just this grotesque, golden person, and like they're just they're this huge, and they've just got gold like dropping, dripping off of them, falling down on the ground. And I'm like, oh, this is where the the random gold is coming from. Uh-huh. And that person, their name is um, 
Garengoth Thorm. And I remember we were going through and I had read something that was talking about the Thorms. And um, and I believe what I was reading was talking about the, the main bad guy. What's his name? Um, Kelthric. Kelthric, yeah. But basically, any Thorm that you come across is not going to be a good guy. And this was our first taste of a Thorm. And man, they had like 600 health. And they ended up summoning all these these vigises vigis vigises vig anyway these floating these floating skulls vigises vigises I can't say that anyway <laughs> so they summon these floating skulls and um they didn't they summon skeletons or something too uh, that was skeletal heads that was just floating around I think it was like uh, I think it was like six of them. And there was just we ran we were in a tough spot he had 600 health yeah and Leona, i was just climbing up a ladder and that's what triggered the cutscene. so i'm mm. up there we're trying to run uh helena and will they go out to try and go out the back door well, will will escapes he uses his flight and he's able to fly down off of the ledge helena has to climb down and she's stuck in that place with y'all she does get out first but she's pretty much stuck in there it um she never went down did she no no she didn't go down she she climbed down off of the the uh leana went down yeah leana we had to we had to keep reviving leana cuz they were wanting her ass. And then uh I used um turn turn the undead a few times and that really helped us out. Mm-hmm. But we almost got away when we realized that if you blow up the skulls, it lowers their health. You summoned you summoned that slow ass weapon to basically clog up the air. <laughs> the area from them being able to chase us. I remember what happened was uh when you come out that kind of door and you're going down the steps, I think I had cast Shadowheart, cast the fireball, because I was like, we're gonna die. I'm like, I might as well take some shit with me. So I blew that up and I was like, okay, well let's put the spiritual weapon here and it'll it'll help. And somehow, like, two of them died. Like, that explosion in the spiritual weapon. And I'm still thinking about running around goes, oh, hold on, look. The health's going down. And at that moment, I'm still like, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. Ryan said, no, there's hope. There's a way. I think we could do it. I was like, uh, all right. I was like, we're probably going to die and just have to redo it. And no, but, hey, his faith pulled us through. <laughs> mm-hmm. the faith of a paladin man yep. we uh also as we're running there's one turn off as soon as you come down them steps you can hit that left i think it is and you'll cross a bridge and roland is right there and i was like oh shit we're leading this guy right to roland so we had to turn around and run past them mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh it was just it was close calls it really was a, a close call but we did it. We destroyed we destroyed the floating skulls and dude had just a handful of HP. We just took him out. No problem. Right, skinny and decrepit looking. We just yeah. 
took him out after a hard fought battle. Mm-hmm. People was going down, healing words was going around. People frying, people dying. People crying. I'm running in line on the ground. <laughs> it was Fine. a lot. It was a fun battle, but <laughs> seeing that 600 HP was scary. I was demoralized instantly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it made us turn around and haul tail. But it, it was a wonderful like story of uh, a whole lot of emotions from regret to... And I remember I had... When you're talking to... Uh, Garrett Goth, whatever his name is, this storm. Um, there is a way to get through it without even having mm-hmm. to fight fight it. But I was just like, oh, wants coins. We had a toll house. I just give it a coin. And mm-hmm. wanted more. And it wanted mm-hmm. more. It wanted more. Now I was like, here, take all of it. And to this day, I'm still struggling to get my gold back up from that from that incident. Still struggling. And, yeah, um, it took a it took a lot of gold, and I gave it to her, and it was like, no, no, that's not enough. And we got into it. When Ryan and I went through all of that, I went back with my paladin, and I was just, you know, clicking through the options. I'm preparing to fight, but that time I got through it without uh any combat, and basically uh convinced the uh, convinced this storm that. They didn't need to be there anymore. The toll house was over. It was out of commission. It was, it's done. That they can rest, and uh, that they did. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool option. I didn't know that. Too bad that didn't happen for us. We ended up I, having. I, a... I wish it. Would, well, I say I wish it would have, but the story of running from that thing is uh, is what I won't forget, and it'll be etched into into the world forever with this podcast. Hmm. But yeah, we we beat uh Garengoth Thorm. I got him as gold thorm in my in my notes. Little greedy, greedy thorm. Living yeah. my life like it's golden. Yeah, that's boy. So with that we're like, hey, let's come over here and check out, see what Roland's up to. So we went we went over there to Roland, went to go talk to him. You know, he's being attacked by shadows. You save him and he's he's even more pissed. <laughs> Because yeah. he's like, of course you guys show up and save me. And he, you know, we basically sent him back to the last light. And it was a funny little bug where you've probably seen it before where you help out a character, a non-playable character, and they run off, but they run the wrong direction. And they will <laughs> come back through at like breakneck speeds. Like they cast it long strider and they are gone. I was like, I, remember, I was like, what is that? Ron was like, what's wrong with rolling? And he was rolling. He was scared. But yeah, we go up there and we see uh, we see Arabella. And as we approach Arabella, the typhling girl, we say from Kaga, who is about to get bit by that snake. Forgot the snake name. Kaga. The girl is a beast now. We approach her and we see her basically restrain two shadows with vines and we ask her what's going on and she tells us that basically the idol that she stole subsequently coincidentally powered her up and now she has druid-like abilities i mean maybe she is a druid i'm not quite sure what's going on with arabella at this moment in time 
Maybe asked, maybe it turned her into like a sorcerer or something. Possibly. She but. asked us to go find her parents. And we informed her about Last Light In and that everybody's there. But based off what Zevlar did, whatever he did, because at this point, we know now, but at that point, we didn't know. So I'm not going to tell y'all what happened. Keep you in suspense as well if you ain't played forward enough. I mean, if you did, I guess it don't matter. But she says after what she saw and with Zevlor and all of that, that she's not going back to Last Light In. And so Helena says, well, you can go back to my camp. And that's where she go. And every time we go back to the camp, you just can hear her over there bothering Withers. Which I love because Withers is such so cryptic and kind of an asshole. He he just real straightforward. So it feels good to see the old Gramps getting uh heckled a bit. And um mm-hmm. their their dialogues though, after a while it kinda gets tiring. Cause uh yeah. it's it's kinda like um it's not mm. as bad as you know exactly what I'm about to bring up. It's not as bad as in Divinity, but oh there's God. this there's this NPC in Divinity Original Sins too, where um once you get off of the prison island and you move on to the main island, there's a city that um, has a little marketplace and <laughs> And this dwarvish lady is talking. Eggs in a vat of vinegar. <laughs> yeah, she basically every time you load in there, she'll say, "This place smells like a bag of a vat of rotten eggs and vinegar." And like every time, and she says it multiple times. He said, "Well, don't come over." <laughs> said, don't come over. If I don't come over, who's gonna bother you? Yeah. So. <laughs> It's not as bad as that, but every time you go into the the camp, they are kind of having the same dialogue. Arabella, her eyes was glowing green as well. She's uh, apparently she's a powerhouse now. We gotta well, she wasn't able to actually destroy the shadows quite yet, and she explained that it's kind of how she just thinks about it, and it kind of happens. So she's still getting acquainted with her new abilities, but. She can only restrain the shadows, and we had to finish them off because she said they won't be restrained forever. And then that's another weird thing about this game. You be telling you, you tell us, we tell this little girl. Well, I guess she's super powered up now, but we told her, "Yeah, go to our camp," and she just ran off by herself. <laughs> well, yeah, quote unquote by herself, but she's with the she's with the camp now. She's safe. Skyrim used to do the same stuff when you would go and um get an orphan off the streets. And you'll say, my home is over here. And the kid's like, okay, let me say my goodbyes and I'm going to head home. And you just continue your adventure while your new adopted son or daughter just travels through Skyrim to get home. But yeah, that's where we're going to we're gonna wrap it up, guys. Um, ended on a high note of us finding Arabella and basically sending us sending her to our camp mm-hmm. but yeah so if you want to you want to sign us out Kim? yep it's another episode of the co-op champions i appreciate y'all for coming through you can find me on all streaming platforms at Carefree. I'm going to spell it out K-A-R-E-F-R-E-E. Don't forget, it's Carefree and it begins with a K. And check out my latest album. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's Carefree Music. Um, TikTok, 
a carefree spirit and we can uh, chop it up have a good time a lot of inspirational content over there and um i'm gonna make some polls and another questionnaire i saw somebody have posted an answer and i haven't looked at it yet but i will be uploading this so i'll see it then sorry but i think something i can start doing towards the end of these once the following continues to grow is like do like little mailbag things we just talk to the people answer their questions live but um yeah i appreciate you and it's another episode of the co-op champions and i'm out yep uh appreciate you guys thanks for listening and uh rate and uh subscribe this has been ryan and peace <laughs>